Mindfulness Mode 483. If somebody has a brain that isn't functioning properly, it is not by accident that they're struggling then. I'm Bruce Langford, Mindfulness Mode host and Mindfulness Life Coach. So glad that you tuned in today. I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. It's about the brain. And we have this incredible computer available to us, and we can use it to develop helpful habits and habits that move us toward our goals, but then sometimes we feel like it's working against us. That is the topic of today's show. But first, wouldn't you love to be alert and focused after you wake up in the morning? I have a free guided meditation that can get your day started right. Feel set for the day. Download my Awaken with Focus meditation at mindfulnessmode.com slash awaken with focus. So we are talking with a brain health coach today. And I find this so fascinating. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview today with Susan Kenny. Hey, Mindful Tribe, this is going to be a great day because we're talking about brain health. We're talking about, you know, how you can improve your situation and it all goes to the brain. And I've got Susan Kinney here today. Susan, are you in mindfulness mode? I am in mindfulness mode. Right before we started, I went for a nice mindful walk. I was doing some deep breathing. I'm ready. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm really excited to talk to you because when I first started my podcast way back in 2015, I wanted to talk to brain experts and scientists and people that understood there was a connection between mindfulness and the brain and between mindfulness and consciousness and all of those kinds of things. So here she is. Here's Susan. What does mindfulness mean to you, Susan? Mindfulness to me, Bruce, means being present in my body. So when I need to step out of the fire hose that is otherwise my life, I come to my senses and I I focus on something that I can see or something tactile, something I smell, something I taste. And for me, that is mindfulness, being in body. Well, I want to share a little more about you with Mindful Tribe, Susan. Susan Kinney is a brain health coach. Like I already said, she's a life coach as well. She's into brain optimization technician is what she is. She's a sports nutritionist. She's a Reiki master. She's also the co-founder and director of therapeutic wellness at Amerco Recovery, which is a private residential recovery and wellness center, which is focused on a brain first approach. And she's dedicated her career to helping individuals reclaim their life after struggles with debilitating challenges. And she harnesses her expertise in nutrition, functional medicine, education, brain health, and positive psychology. I mean, so many things you're doing. And Susan, it's just incredible to have the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah, this is really going to be great. So um, you talked about what mindfulness means to you, but Mm -hmm. I know that you talk about the five things that make non-negotiable, that are non-negotiable to keep your brain sharp and your life full. So what are some of those five things? So we call it, actualized recovery. So if anybody is familiar with Maslow's hierarchy, what we can be, we must be. So the premise of 
Emergo Recovery is built on a foundation called Actualized Recovery. So the five things that we focus on are biological, psychological, spiritual, social, and lifestyle. So what does that mean? If you look at Maslow's hierarchy, the very bottom of the tier is physiological. And so for us, that's brain. If somebody has a brain that isn't functioning properly, it is not by accident that they're struggling then. And so people have trauma from physiological, you know, an accident, a concussion, an illness, a birth trauma, and also emotional traumas to the nervous system. So everything that we do, the foundation is brain first, but it's based on those five areas that we focus on. And so what about people who get older and because of a life of eating processed foods and and sugars and things like that have affected their brain so they no longer have the cognitive Mm -hmm. ability? What can you do to help those people? Same, same. We, until we take our last breath, Bruce, what's wonderful is that we have neuroplasticity and we have something called neurogenesis. And so when we're in an enriched environment, so the food that you're talking about, I would categorize as impoverished. So that that is low functioning. There's not a high vibration to it and it doesn't sustain the body, grow cells, and it's definitely not good for the brain. But the wonderful news is that we have neuroplasticity up until we take our last breath. So as long as you shift things to focus on great food, the best food possible, whole foods, movement, breath work, and sleep. Those are the things that when you do them very well, the brain takes care of itself. So so sleep can be an entire topic for us because so many processes happen during the night for the brain. The brain is able to relieve itself of toxins and get into a REM sleep where it's able to sort, almost like a, a, a secretary might go in and do the filing That's what we need sleep for is that the brain needs to reset itself overnight. So what if you're just not getting enough sleep and you keep waking Mm -hmm. up or you've got, there's some reason why you can't seem to Mm -hmm. sleep, then what? Yeah, well, I coach with people about that. So that's as varied as the individual, but here's the things to do. So if, if you just look at one thing, we blow past a natural circadian rhythm by having television, iPods, tablets, all of those things. So when the sun goes down, that's when we're also meant to be shutting ourselves down. And so humans, you know, God love us, but we we push past that. We've got our own ideas. That's right. (laughs) I can't, I have to watch that Netflix series. Of course. And so that would be number one is practicing sleep hygiene where a natural circadian rhythm and calming down and turning off artificial light makes a big difference. For some people, it's supplementation of magnesium or melatonin that will help calm in the evening. Eating earlier than perhaps a lot of people are used to because the digestive process, ideally we should be eating four hours before we sleep. So that gives the digestion enough time to do its thing and then the brain can can really relax. If you've eaten too close to bed and and then talk about those foods that you talked about, right? The big bowl of ice cream yes. before bed, that really is not going to promote great sleep. Or or some people have a glass of wine or two. Again, that's a sugar. 
Yeah. So, and, and isn't going to allow the brain to relax. A dark room is important. Not having technology in the room or distractions is important. Having the best bed that you can possibly buy so that your comfort level is there and, and really making it a routine. You know, there should be a PM ritual routine that you stick to. And when you do that each night, you're teaching the body and the brain that it's time for me to wind down. And how about wearing blue blockers? Yeah, great idea. Do you recommend idea. those? Oh, yeah. I'm a geek. I usually wear mine during the day too, but I turn the fluorescence off. So yes, I have, I have two sets. I have my daytime blue light blockers for the office and I have my nighttime ones, which are, are even more orange. Right. So Mindful Tribe, if you're listening to this and you think, what are they talking about? <laughs> well, tell our listeners what we're talking about. Yeah. So blue light glasses. So so it is the, the blue light in technology that stimulates the brain to think that it's daylight. So by wearing these glasses, it now blocks that blue light. So if you are watching anything at night, just be mindful that it is going to look a lot different yes. <laughs> because if everything that's blue is no longer blue. It's going to be neutral, but it really protects the brain from overriding that nighttime relaxation. So the melatonin releases naturally in the brain and it allows you to fall asleep. So these blue light glasses are really neat. One of the things that you say, Susan, is that depression and anxiety are only symptoms. They're not yeah. Anything more than symptoms? Can you tell yeah. us why yeah. that's yeah, the case? I'd be happy to. So after doing this, um, we started in 2011. And since then, I have lived with every one of our clients that have attended Emergo Recovery. And what we know is that anxiety and depression is running rampant right now. Now, wait. You've lived with them. What do you mean? Mm. You, you, I, I want to know more about that. Okay. So we have a private residential recovery program and I live on property. I'm one of the co-founders of Emergo. And so myself, the other co-founder, and we have two emotional support dogs all live on property. And then we have a team of 17 that come in and out during the day and evening to work with our clients. Bruce, I've intimately seen everybody's journey from start to finish and the walls are thin. So I can hear every part of their journey. And these are people that have given up hope. You know, we're working, I, I'm working with a family right now for an emergency crisis admission for tomorrow. And their daughter has attempted suicide on the weekend and there is no support and help for her. The, the medical system gave the family a card and said, here you go, you know, phone this number if she feels suicidal again. So these are our people. They have reached the bottom. They are hopeless. They have tried everything, done everything, and there has been no relief. So within four to six weeks, this young woman, and here's the two things that we ask for from any of our clients that come, is the time. We need time to reset the brain and the body and to begin to have new ideas to challenge old belief systems. And then we need best effort. So your best effort in week one may be a lot different than it will be in week four, but your best effort is doing the best that you can. And our team has the rest of it. And it's all built on neuroscience. So it's brain first. The first thing that we use is technology that allows us to look and see what's happening in the brain. It's a non-invasive technology with EEG sensors 
that pick up data. And what we're looking for is areas that are overactive. We're looking for areas that are underactive and we're looking for asymmetry. So from left to right, there are certain, you shouldn't be more than 12% functioning like, like a nice dancing couple. Your left and your right hemispheres should be dancing together. Sure. What happens when people have had trauma, and again, that can be concussion, physiological accident, food poisoning, you know, you name it, physiologically, our, our body, the nervous system can get too stressed or it can be emotional. Most of our clients have a combination of both. So they've had a lifetime and most of them have begun with a birth trauma. And this is interesting. So after this many years, I, I know that a high percentage of our clientele that come have had a traumatic birth. Most of them don't think it's a traumatic birth. And they'll say, no, 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 I was fine. I was born cesarean section because I was breech. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a birth trauma <laughs> right, right. to the brain. Yes. You know, and, and it's done to save a child and, and a mother and it's wonderful and thank goodness we can do that. From a neuroscience point of view and a nervous system point of view, it is very traumatic for the mother and for the child. And so many of our clients began with an early childhood trauma or uh, a fall very early on in life or an emotional trauma. And so they're going through life the best that they can. And typically in a system where they're being told that they are controlling this, you know, this is willpower. You just have to pull up your bootstraps and just, you know, do better. So going back to your original question, depression and anxiety being symptoms is that everybody who comes to us has a different origin for where depression and anxiety come from for them. And so we've got to go beyond that label and and we've got to get to the source of what's driving it. And for some people, gut issues drive depression and anxiety. Their gut isn't working. And if, if you're starving, if your brain isn't able to get nutrients, it sends out the alert. And so anxious feelings can come from there. So there's a, a lot of things that we do that are very brain and gut related for healing as well. Susan, where are you located in the world? We are about one hour north of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I thought I saw that you were in Barrie. I'm in London, Ontario. Okay. Yeah, and you're not far from us not at all. far. And I don't We've very often We've had people get, from London. I bet you have. I, I don't very often get to interview people from my area. So this yeah. is so exciting. But I want to ask you this, since we're in Canada, and of course, uh, marijuana is legal yep. in Canada. And I want to ask you, what are the implications of self-medicating? using marijuana, what are the implications on the brain? Strictly from a brain point of view, it's a brain toxin. So there's a lot of things that we use in life to get a temporary relief. Right. It, it doesn't mean that it's a long-term solution. And so if, if you're using it for sleep or pain, which most of our, our clientele would be, they're using it for a purpose. They're, they're getting relief. But what we see when we're able to do the brain assessment is that the brain is filled with toxic chemical. And so I w- it's just not a good idea. Alcohol, um, marijuana, f- 
pharmaceuticals, illicit drugs, whatever it is, from a brain point of view, they are leaving residue. They are changing functionality and we can't test chemistry, but it's changing things that are happening in the brain. Are they changing neural pathways? Yeah, neuroreceptors. So, you know, whenever you take something that is shutting down or changing the direction of something, you're changing the neural pathways via the neurotransmitters in the brain. And so, again, it's just temporary. And as everybody knows who has any sort of um, alcohol, marijuana, whatever it is, you need more and more and more. Right, right. right? And, and that's because the brain is now not receptive to it as it was in the beginning. So the original receptors that brought relief are, are now changing. And so long-term, you know, we've had, oh gosh, we had a, um, a gentleman with us who had been smoking marijuana for such a long time. He spent most of his day in a hot shower. And, and that was the only way he could get relief because long-term use, it affects digestion as well. And so he had incredible stomach pain. And when he first arrived with us, actually had burns on his back because of the hot shower that he was standing in. Oh, wow. So the long-term use of anything extrinsic, and this is important, Bruce, what we say is that we're an inside-out approach and the rest of the world is using an outside in and and anything like a, a stress ball is extrinsic if you're relying on a stress ball to bring you back into balance as you know there's better mindfulness techniques that we can teach that don't rely on something outside right. the body yeah. and so when people come and they i've had people that want to bring a drum set i've had another man that wanted to bring a stationary bike because that's how they get relief Mm-hmm. Right, they cope um, if they're not sleeping and they're not able to settle. So we nobody brings any of that to Emergo. We are an inside-out approach. So all of the tchotchkes and things um, that you've used to bring relief, we want to get right to the source, and we want to change brain function so that you no longer need any of these extrinsic things. So fascinating. What are your thoughts on Wim Hof? Love Wim Hof. We teach it. Oh, you teach yeah, it? Yeah, we, we oh. teach the Wim Hof breathing. And uh, oh, yeah. there's, for, for any of your listeners, have you heard of FMTV? Uh, no, not really. Uh, your listeners are like this, Food Matters Television or FMTV. Okay. They actually have a five-part documentary series and, and they're about one hour each. And Wim Hof is represented in one of those Five, and it's one of the staples that we have for our education. So it's called Transcendence. And so it's FMTV. It's like Netflix for really healthy f- people. So there's oh. lots of yoga, meditation, recipes, um, oh. so many great documentaries oh, that are on there. To check that out. Yeah. You're going to like FMTV. I think your listeners are going to find that a great well, I resource. I love Wim Hof. I've been doing that for nearly a year. And yeah. I find that it it really does incredible things in that it kind of, there's there's some way that it kind of makes it so I'm not so sensitive to 
Mm. the heat in or the or the cold mm. in an environment mm. it's like mm-hmm. oh i feel great i don't care whether it's cold or warm or whatever everybody else is complaining it's too hot or they're complaining it's too cold or whatever and right. i'm perfectly fine why does wim hof do that how does the brain uh react to uh, and if you don't know what wim hof is part of it is breathing and part of it is taking ice cold showers yeah. and being in ice baths and things like that so how do why does the brain change when we well, do wim hof it's an it's an exceptional story that I learned through this transcendence documentary, but he was a twin. Did you know this? Yes, I did. And they didn't know that he was still in there. So they delivered the first baby. And then here's mom heading back to her room and out comes Wim Hof. So traumatic birth. Yeah. Right? We're we're going back to what I said before. So many people that struggle. And so he struggled for most of his life until he found this, that the temperature and the breathing really helped his brain. And so because he had had this traumatizing birth, his whole life he had had a very activated brain pattern and probably in a fight or flight mm-hmm. a response. And so the breathing and the cold temperatures helps the nervous system reset itself. And then he also works with the mindfulness of meditation. Yes. And I don't know if you ever saw it. They inject him with a virus. Yes, I've and, seen and that. And as he's sitting there meditating, the virus isn't entering any part of his body. And the doctors are really worried right. <laughs> that he's doing this. But that's the power that we have with mindfulness and meditation. Yeah, it's it's so incredible. It really is. Well, you are doing some incredible things with your patients. Can you tell a specific story about somebody that you've helped in a transition that has ensued? Yeah, I sure can. Actually, I got I got about an eight foot long text this morning from oh. a former client, and I can condense it. So we are we're a very small program. We only accept up to six people at a time because the work that we do, as you can tell with the young woman that I talked about, is um, is very critical and people need our attention. So we, we don't do things like group therapy because we don't, we want people to connect with us and, and to work through things with us. But it's going back to our, our five key areas. So biological is the first thing that we look at. When people come to us and, and I'll get to this gentleman that texted me this morning, most people that come to us are very depleted physically. They, they're they sleeping all day and up all night. So they have a circadian rhythm that's changed. They're usually using things um, like marijuana or alcohol or tablets or drama or shopping, some, something that has become a distraction because their life isn't doing well. Right. So first, first up for us is to stabilize people physically. So we want to rebuild energy. And when we rebuild energy, then we can work to a therapeutic part of the program. So ours is very experiential in nature. We don't focus on talk therapies. We coach. But the, the therapeutic modalities that we do might be more um, experiential. Like we had our group went up to Blue Mountain. Mm-hmm. which you would know. Yes, I do. And and did the um, some rock climbing and did the suspension bridge and caving. And for people that don't have depression and anxiety, that's not 
scary. But our to our clientele, that's incredibly overwhelming. Right. And so the emotional response is, okay, we're in this situation. How are you feeling? And the greatest video went home to a family this weekend because one of our clients just was on the zip line and holding on and just flipped off backwards and was laughing. And, you know, there she is zipping through the air. And just three weeks ago, she was isolated in her bedroom and using all kinds of things just to get through the day and wasn't able to join the family for dinner. So here we are three weeks later with a brain first approach and, and here's the outcome. So the gentleman that I got the eight foot long text today actually said, his opening line was, I was really mad when I left. I hated you guys. And I thought, oh man, this isn't going to be going well. (laughs) Really? Because I I start my day really early in the morning. I do my first meditation before 6.30. So I turned on my phone after that and thought, oh man, I wish I hadn't done that. But at the end, he said, you, I didn't realize how much you taught me. And he said, I got home and he said, I really did feel better than I ever had in my life. And he said, but I was feeling sorry for myself because there was times where you guys were really hard on me. Like you really called me to task and, and created an awareness. But that's what good coaching is, Bruce. And you know that. Uh, it's, I know it's that. It's creating yeah. the awareness and what people do with it, that's up to them. And so his, this whole text message was that when he left us, he did have some health problems as a result of some things that were still detoxifying and he applied what he had learned and was able to get right back on track again. Wow. But yeah. And, and so we get very connected. Our team is very small. We, we only work with these few people at a time. So you can't run and you can't hide from us. And in a bigger treatment center, you know, there might be 60 or more people and a very small staff. Well, we're the opposite. There's 17 of us and maximum of six people. So like a coach sitting on the bench, you know, we're, we're watching everything that's going on and we're able to create this amazing awareness for people that in a kind, loving, and sometimes in a way that is hurtful to hear because it's your coping mechanisms. I see. I do want to make sure we talk about meditation and the brain. Yes. We have yes. to talk yeah. about that. What kind of an effect does meditation have on the brain? Uh, to, to put it in just a singular, it, meditation on the brain creates new neural pathways that strengthen and, and create the ability for more creativity, for deeper sleep, for uh, deeper connections and relationships. The it's the time where the brain, it's different than sleep, Bruce. It's, it's the opportunity for the brain to become enlightened. And so it is a big part of our program, but not until they've been with us a week or so. Because it can also, meditation can also be very, very frightening for somebody who can't think uh, everything is a negative thought. And so closing your eyes and meditating is the last thing you want to do when you right. first arrive. It can be overwhelming. 
So we wait until we get some shifting in the brain. We wait until sleep has become more restored. And then we teach uh, a technique. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ziva meditation and they're based out of New York. Okay. Tell us more about that. So Ziva meditation really works well with our clientele because it's threefold. And we teach mindfulness, then it's a meditation. And then in the latter part of the meditation, it's manifesting. So when the brain is in a very relaxed state, then you can really focus on things that you want to attract into your life too. And they they do a beautiful job. Emily Fletcher is uh, the, the lady who created Ziva and she is young and she is vibrant. And for me, I, I used to do TM medic meditation for a long time and um it's this is to me it's i get the similar feel that i did when i did P- tm but it's way cooler <laughs> so oh. when you check out she's uh she's she's got a great community in facebook and so our clients after they graduate can connect with other like-minded meditators as well and there's a great support network and she's also written a wonderful book called Stress Less, Accomplish More. And it's called Meditation for Extraordinary Performance. So as she says, we don't meditate to get good at meditating. We meditate to get good at life. And hmm. that's what it, 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 the brain is, is connected to that. When your brain is in balance, your life is good. And so meditation is one of those non-negotiables for me personally, it's it's twice a day, 20 minutes. Um, something dire has to happen for me to avoid that. Right. And again, I live with people all day, every day. We take a break at Christmas and that's it. Wow. And wow. my energy is, is incredible. And I know that it changed greatly when I started my two-time-a-day meditation practice. Yeah, it's totally vital for me too. I just included every single day, but I want to make sure I've got this book. You said it's written yeah. by Emily Fletcher. Emily and did Fletcher. You say the book is called Stress Less, Accomplish More? Yes. Yeah. And okay. then she has on the cover of the book, Meditation for Extraordinary Performance. Okay. So her, she's, she's highly entertaining. And, and I actually found out about her through another functional medicine practitioner, Dr. Mark Hyman. Oh yeah, and right. so yeah, Mark was saying that he he loved Ziva, so that's when I checked out Emily Fletcher. Right, I'll have to have her on the show. That'd be great. Oh, you would. She's she's charming and yeah, quite quite snappy. Yeah. Well, Susan, I want to ask you a question about bullying yeah. because yeah. I've worked in that field for a long time. Do you have a story that you can share with us where maybe mindfulness would have made a difference somehow? Oh, I have many, but I I uh, was also a high school teacher. Oh, and so I love the grade nine tens. They were they were my absolute favorite. And I know there's a lot of people who wouldn't want that, but I also live with people that suffer with anxiety and depression and want to kill sure. themselves. So I like that group. Yes. <laughs> I and so yeah, I can tell you about a story where I I believe mindfulness and teaching that in high school would have made a massive difference, and in my own way. I, I did make a difference. You've been a teacher. Yes, I'm a cool I'm kids, teacher as well. Yeah. Right? The, the yeah. cool group. Oh, yeah. And then there's the kids who are struggling. Mm-hmm. And so 
I wanted to create a real synergy and connection in my classroom that didn't exist outside of my classroom. And so one of the really, really cool girls, her name was Katie, this is grade 10 class. And so I paired them up to do projects that they were going to work on in the coming weeks. And when I paired Katie up with Sam, Samantha, it was the... <sighs> mm-hmm. And I, I looked at Sam and looked at Katie and Sam had caught it all. Samantha was well aware that she right. was not in the cool group. And her whole body, Bruce, just collapsed. She, mm. The head went down and, you know, it was awful. So I tapped Katie on the shoulder after we divvied out all the partners. And I said, Katie, I need you to come with me. We're going to go get some things out of the other room for this project. And as soon as we got, got out in the hallway, I had no intention. We didn't need anything from another room. What I said was, I want to explain to you what I saw. And you weren't present enough because you were getting the laugh from your friends. Mm -hmm. You were getting the support from your friends and you didn't see the look on Sam's face. And do you think that her life would be better if she had a partner and maybe, just maybe, if you accepted her, maybe others would too. Right. And Katie started to cry, which was wonderful. That was, I, I wanted her to connect with that emotion. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, Miss S, what do I do? <laughs> you know, I yeah. made this. And I what you could do is go back in and you can tell Sam how pleased you are that she's your partner. How excited you are to work on this project with her because you believe that the two of you are going to knock it out of the park. And she said, Miss S, I'll do it. I'll do it. So your, your question, mindfulness, and I didn't know this at the time. This was a long time ago before my journey into the brain and, and meditation. But I do believe in my classroom, being mindful and being present and teaching breathing would have had a, a, an amazing effect on all of my high school students that I got to work with. But I, I hope that is a mindfulness story where bringing the present awareness and, and looking at others is being in the moment. Susan, that's a great story. It really is because absolutely true. All of our teachers, all of our students, all of our citizens can benefit from mindfulness. Mm -hmm. You know, being in mindfulness mode. There's no doubt yes. about it. Yeah, being yeah. present. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Susan, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Okay. So only 30 second answers are perfect. First one is this, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? Who has influenced? Um, that would be my mother. Okay. My mother was uh, very devout and prayer was a big part of mm -hmm. her life. And that was a very mindful time. She started her morning in prayer. And so did you as well because of that? Heck no. I was a teenager. No, you were a teenager, so you didn't do that, but you were influenced Wait, by it though. You bet I was. Yeah, for sure. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Susan? There is night and day. When we first started this and I, I didn't know what we were taking on, living with people day in and day out and people in crisis, Bruce, is I need to be mindful of every word that I say, I need to 
watch every facial expression. And mindfulness has allowed me to be more present for others and and to be a, a neutral mirror so that people can really do their own healing. And that I, I credit mindfulness to, to being in the moment, being present and listening to people. Wow. It's, it's fantastic what you do. It's just wonderful. Tell us about breathing. Is, is mm-hmm. breathing part of your mindfulness? Absolutely. And it's actually the first thing that we teach. There's another source that your listeners may like, Brian Johnson. He's out of California, I think. And he, if you go online, he's got something called Philosopher's Notes. So he takes wonderful, amazing books and he condenses them into 10 minute videos. Okay. And then he, he does some different series too, where he takes a combination of those books to teach a message. One of the first things that we teach is his masterclass called Breathing 101. Okay. And it's, again, it's brain related because you can bring the brain from a fight or flight mode into rest and digest simply by breathing. And especially to X breathing as Ziva calls it. So it's breathing in for two, breathing out for four, breathing in for three, breathing out for six. So the two times the release brings the brain right back into a a really calm place. And most people that come to us, almost everybody does very shallow breath. And so the first thing that we really focus on is diaphragmatic breathing and having people physically feel the stomach rise as they're breathing. And it's a very new feeling for almost everybody. And you said the man's name is Brian or Ryan? Ryan, It's Brian Brian Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Philosopher's Notes. Yeah. I'm going to check out Brian Johnson and his breathing, breathing 101. Breathing 101 is is one of the best classes and he does it in a fun style and it really appeals to to our client base who are usually young adult, but sometimes more mature adult too. Yeah. And we'll put that in our show notes as well. So yeah, Breathing 101. That's awesome that you've shared that. And can you recommend a book that's somehow related to mindfulness? A book relating to mindfulness. Gosh, there's so many. There are so many. That's true. Um, I have a few that that were Thich Nhat Hanh. Yes. And there's a whole series that came out. So not just one, but I, I find his reading to be filled with mindfulness. So yeah, yeah Thich Nhat Hanh. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And what about an app? Is there any kind of app that you would recommend that can you help know, with mindfulness? I run from anything on an app. And it's because I spend so much time on the phone with families yeah. and so much time on technology. But, but what I do like, it's not an app, but I have something called an Aura Ring, which oh. is O-U-R-A. And instead of, you know, a lot of people are wearing a watch now mm-hmm. to, to do this. I like tracking my sleep and I like looking at my sleep data and I like looking at my breath because my looking at my heart rate and breathing tells me how much I've been in mindfulness during the day. So I like looking at all of that data. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. And nobody's yeah. ever suggested that in the show before, I don't think. And it looks like a nice stylish ring. Oh, yeah. So I love the Aura Ring. It's with me all the time and it has Wi-Fi, but you can turn the Wi-Fi off at night. So you're not getting the EMF. 
Right. And that's good for your brain to turn that Wi-Fi mm-hmm. off, isn't it? Yeah. Very, we should all turn very, the Wi-Fi in our homes yeah. off, shouldn't yeah, we? At, at night. night. Yeah. 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 I know I, really I do airport airplane mode on my phone every night. Yeah. So I don't want that going beside my head or anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have been just so fascinating to talk to and you do so much. And your your website, I know it's emergorecovery.com, E-M-E-R-G-O, emergorecovery.com. And, and emergo, we, for those, of, for, yeah. for your listeners and for you, means rise above. Oh, so I'm glad emergo you is a Latin phrase meaning rise above. Uh-huh. And I want to tie that back into mindfulness too, because mindfulness allows you to rise above whatever the fray, whatever the the chaos is, mindfulness brings you back to that present and allows you to rise above the situation. Yeah, it truly does do that. And I know you're on LinkedIn at Susan Kinney, uh, S-U-S-A-N and K-E-N-N-E-Y. Yeah. So on LinkedIn, that's a great place to connect. Susan, it has been really a pleasure to talk to you for Thank you, with this Bruce. interview. Thanks so much Thank for being you. on Mindfulness Mode. And we're in the same province. I know. We're Thank so close. I, I know. know. We'll have to meet up for coffee sometime. I think we could. Toronto would be like the midway point. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to do that. <laughs> uh, thanks, Bruce. Thank thanks you so again, much. Susan. Yeah. Take okay. care. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show, awaken with focus a 12-minute meditation just for you, recorded by me. You can be alert, focused after waking. That's what it's all about. Feel invigorated, fresh, and dynamic. Let your vibrancy feed those around you. Download this meditation to help you get going in the morning at mindfulnessmode.com slash awakenwithfocus. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.